0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
1: So, um, you know the the community has been very busy. Um, I was talking about the Virgin Active uh, a race that took place, the nine four seven race on Sunday, and Team DL Link incredibly busy getting their team together and putting it out there and supporting them and connecting the riders with the warriors. And on the same weekend, um, the Jewish Achievers Award, and amazingly wonderful to be back and in person and um, incredibly, I think it was 900 people gathered um, at the Santon Convention Center um, to celebrate 10 phenomenal winners at the 23rd APSA Jewish Achiever Awards. And yeah, it was definitely a show about getting back to life. Um, And so there were a number of people who were given awards, outstanding achievements, what a community. I think last week, I started the show just saying how proud I am, you know, to be a part of a community that's all about giving and supporting and connecting. And yeah, so the Jewish um, Achievers Award really celebrates that. So I'm really delighted to welcome Mervyn Cerebro um, onto the show today. He's uh, a winner of the Ex Jewish Achiever Bertie Lubner Humanitarian Award because Mervin has achieved so much and he has done so much and he has touched many, many people's lives. Um, and he's joined us um, today just to yeah say hello and connect. We haven't we haven't had Mervin on the show for a while. Mervin, welcome. Are you well?
0: I'm good, Nikki. Thank you. How are you?
1: Oh, very good. Thanks, Mervyn. Lovely to have you on the show. And Mazel Tov, um, the APSA Jewish Achiever Bertie Lubner Humanitarian Award. How does that feel, being recognized and, and being given that award?
0: It feels almost surreal. I'm still processing, and I feel terribly humbled. You know, it's uh, it was not something I anticipated ever. And as I said in my, in my thank you address, you know, one does what we do because it it feeds our Souls, not because we're expecting any, any acknowledgement or accolades. So, uh, it really was, it was awesome, it was just amazing, really,
1: thank Mm. you. So, Mervyn, for people who are listening and they don't know who Mervyn Cerebro is and they don't know the incredible work that you've done with Reach for a Dream, perhaps you can just tell us, going back three decades, why it is you started Reach for a Dream and and the purpose.
0: So, Nikki, I didn't start Reach for a Dream. Um, I've been at Reach for a Dream for about 25, 26 years, and we're celebrating our 35th anniversary in July next year and I I became embroiled in in reach for a dream after another journey and after I lost my son to acute myeloid leukemia, during which time I realized that South Africa didn't have a bone marrow registry. uh, I set out with the Union of Jewish Women initially and then subsequently with Rotary and Roundtable and others to set up an infrastructure that ultimately became the registry we have today, which is linked to registries internationally. And um, that enables us to obviously save lives. Uh, Previously, interestingly enough, uh, it would have been very difficult to find a match for a South African, for example, a Zulu, in one of the databases in, in Norway, Sweden, or beyond, because genealogy is an integral component of, of bone marrow um, matching. So I was speaking one night on a public platform, uh, and a, a gentleman came out of the audience. He looked like Fidel Castro, and his name was Brian Miller. He had this big beard and long black hair with a pony um, and a pony. And, and he came over to me when I finished speaking and he said, I love what I'm hearing. Can I help you? And he began to work with me on the creation of a registry. And he said to me, there was a quid pro quo. And that was that I would become embroiled with, with Reach for a Dream which I was more than happy and privileged to do and it has been the most wonderful journey for me because it has helped me to deal with my own sense of of loss Mm. Um, and every life that we enrich helps me to deal with my sense of loneliness and, and, and despair about the losses I've lost to children. Uh, and about seven or eight years ago, I think it was perhaps nine. I was I was asked to chair the foundation, and we are just so so proud of what we've managed to accomplish. We we are today South Africa's premier NGO. We were voted last year as South Africa's best NGO. There were a hundred NGOs uh, competing and even doctors without borders for example um was not successful and we were and that was further enhancing uh, of the brand and we fulfill about six streams a day we do a myriad of other things as well covid was a very challenging period for us Nikki, because we had to reinvent many things we were no longer right. able to do some of our live activities we were no longer able to send children overseas um, to meet people they specifically wanted to meet. We we were unable to send them even locally on an aircraft to swim with the dolphins, for example. So we began delivering dreams in a box using DHL. We've been wonderful partners of ours for the past 30 years and they had delivered everything we ever need delivered pro bono. It amounts to an inordinate amount of money each year, mm-hmm. at least a million. Um, and they began to deliver these large boxes, differently branded for boys and girls, in which are the dreams, still are the dreams that we were delivering. Uh, and it was enabling children to still um, experience a dream. And clearly a lot of those dreams during lockdown particularly, were um, for, for technological type items, um, uh, computers and beyond, and also bicycles and, and lots of other things, which we could get into very large boxes. So we fill those boxes with lots of paraphernalia, paper, and all sorts of other goodies, so that as the kids dig through them, uh, they become increasingly Mm, another, thing. Yes, another thing
1: Here's
0: another one. <laughs> yeah. And then dumping these things out, and then eventually at the bottom is what they dreamed of receiving. So, oh, lovely! Uh, it it just is the most wonderful, rewarding space in which to work. Clearly, I work as a volunteer, as do all of our directors, and um, it's it's food for the soul, and the. Award the other night will further in, in, enhance the brand because there are always people who don't quite understand what we do. And obviously, an audience of that size, locally and internationally, um, will 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 further enhance the brand. I, I, when we got home, my wife Sue and I, from that event, our phone didn't stop until 3.15 in the morning. And I was astonished at the reach that that particular, um, event had and, and the phone still hasn't stopped. So many of those people and lots of whom I don't know were very emotional, would like to help. And that will further extend our reach and will help us to reach more children. So it's, it's really very, very healing, very exciting. Uh, and, and it continues to benefit those beautiful, inspiring children.
1: Hmm. And Mervyn, I mean, you, you you speak about the challenge during COVID, and then changing things slightly and sending these wonderful boxes with all these exciting things. Have you found it more difficult with your fundraising? Have you found it more difficult getting partners on board? to volunteer their time or to help um, create or allow a child's dream to become a reality? Has it become more challenging or not really?
0: It hasn't, Nikki. And that's a combination, I think, of, of ingenuity on the part of our people, um, remarkable support from our donor base. And, um, and I guess... The strength of the brand. Uh, And and we were, we managed to keep our entire team um, employed during that period, working remotely. We managed to keep them on normal salaries, which we're very proud of, particularly as an NGO. Many businesses were unable to do that. And um, we marketed even more aggressively but differently, and, and we managed to maintain the passion, the energy, and, and the enthusiasm. What was obviously very difficult was the fact that we could not interface directly with those children. What did help enormously is that we, we have a project called Our Dream Room, At our 30th anniversary, I had the privilege uh, of speaking and I said that we were launching this new project and that we wanted to create these OACs in hospitals that treat life-threatened children and that our vision was to end up with 40 of them and we now have 35. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that by the time we celebrate our 35th anniversary in July next year, on the 6th of July we will have hopefully 45 perhaps even a little more than that and those rooms became sanctuaries for those children all the long term patients particularly during covid those rooms those rooms are age appropriate so the the young kids have equipment in there appropriate to their interests and age group, and the teenagers have climbing walls and, and technological equipment and so on. And we naively initially anticipated one per hospital that treats life threatening kids. But in fact, if you consider Vera, with its multiplicity of departments, all of which treat life-threatened children, there's a need for four or even five dream rooms. Um, the same applies at the Charlotte Makeke, for example, and will apply at Red Cross in Cape Town. So we would have a a, a, a room in the oncology um, segment of the hospital, in the renal segment of the hospital, etc. And and they are just lifesavers in that the kids are able to engage with their uh, parents in a space that isn't just a, a simple austere. Uh, ward at best or even just a cubicle if they are if they cancer patients and need to be intensively cared for in isolation. So it's a very, very um, meaningful project. Yeah, it must make
1: a huge difference, uh, Mervyn, must really make a huge difference. And
0: we have some remarkable um, donors in terms of that project. Our very first, in fact, was Vukile, on which board I was privileged to sit for seventeen years, and they put their hands up at the dinner uh, four years ago and took the first room, and and the donors continue to maintain those rooms for us. The most astonishing thing of all is that we've had nothing stolen from those rooms, um, uh, despite the problems that exist in in the hospitals.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Mervyn, I mean, j- really, it's it's just incredible to see what you've achieved and within Reach for a Dream, and of course, the beneficiaries, these young children who are faced with huge challenges, of course, their families faced with huge challenges, and you come on board um, and, you know, dedicated to fulfilling as many dreams of these young children as possible. And so wonderful that you've been recognized and you have the academic. Heads and muzzle off to you, you and um, and just long may you continue with your wonderful work. It's been lovely and, having uh, you on the show. Liki,
0: before, before you throw me out, just finally very quickly, it's about the people and, and we have the most remarkable team uh, of people at Reach for a Dream, a tiny core of permanent people and obviously a large contingent of volunteers. Those people and their dedication make it happen. It's a privilege to be the chairperson of such a team.
1: Hmm.
0: Thanks, Nikki.
1: I'm sure it is, Mervyn. How incredible. Thank you, Mervyn. Thank you very much for for joining us today. Lovely. Mervyn Cerebro, chairman of Reach for a Dream and um, the recipient of the Absid Jewish Achiever Bertie Labner Humanitarian Award for the work that he has done.